0: And you can press play.
1: Work it,
0: make it, do it, makes us harder, better, faster, stronger.
1: Work it harder, make it better, do
0: it faster, makes us stronger than ever. Don't. Can only make me. Congrats on the 20,000, you guys, really. Congratulations. Welcome to That the Don't Kill Me, a podcast about health, illness, and disability by the people who live it every day. I'm Kendall Seesmeyer.
2: I'm Jamie Rich.
0: And this is the last episode of, of season, season 1. One's
2: season finale. Wow. Yeah.
0: It's been real. It's it has been, raw. been one whole season. <laughs> one whole 10, ten season. episodes. 10 episodes, yeah. I'm I for one I'm really proud of us. We did it. I mean, when you came to me with this idea, it was last February.
2: Wow, yeah, it was.
0: And we had brunch. Yeah. And you proposed this, we, that yeah. we do a podcast yeah and then we had to come up with a name and some artwork yeah that we took many renditions
2: on yeah
0: and then we brainstormed came up guests, with guests and
2: topic ideas and yeah get the equipment yeah and, we yeah. went to
0: H photo video yeah they should say audio too but yeah um got our gear
2: websites i checked up to
0: your upper east side apartment yeah.
2: yeah we've in this time span, we've changed jobs we've changed apartments <laughs> boroughs yeah uh, lots has, lot, happened. A lot lot, has happened lots has happened yeah.
0: <laughs> um yeah it's been great too yeah so i i love the pod
2: me too and we've gotten some great Feedback and response and we thank we have you fans. the listener for <laughs> for uh, for listening.
0: Sticking with us. Yeah.
2: Um and so we thought for the season closer for the end of the first season, we figured that what we should do is take an hour and explain all of the rules <laughs> behind open enrollment. Um so the first thing to know is um deductibles, premiums. <laughs> He's uh, kidding in in network out of network yes all that is the same thing it all means the same thing they're just trying to confuse you i know you out see all pocket. these different terms it all means one copay all means the same <laughs> thing just think of it as one term coinsurance they're synonyms um so just that's, kidding we're, starting with we're, that.
0: we're not doing that no that's not what we're I mean, oh you,
2: you have to figure it out on your own
0: it could be helpful to people but yeah that's we're not here to be helpful yeah mostly
2: no No, we're not
0: uh we're here to just self-indulge with
2: yeah talk about ourselves (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's why we do that's why i do this
0: we just need an outlet you guys yeah it's like therapy but it doesn't cost any money (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) yeah just kidding Um,
0: so we wanted to start off sorry i just moved my chair and that was loud Um, We wanted to start off with kind of, we're going to break, I'll break down a preview of the episode for you. We're going to do some year in review stuff, Mm -hmm. both for ourselves, our personal lives, because you know, we like to talk about ourselves. And then for the world at large, like what were the most outrageous things that happened in 2019 in the health world? Mm -hmm. And then we have uh, like a nice feature for our last episode with a guest, uh, Kia Brown, Mm -hmm. And she's going to be talking about representation.
2: And her book, which came out this year, The Pretty One. Yes. Um, but that'll be a little bit later on in the episode. And um,
0: First things first. First
2: are the pain, pain scale, scale of 2019. For the year.
0: Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> mm. I'll add
2: some sort of music here. there. Yeah. Um,
0: well, wasn't mine not good enough? No, it was fine. Okay.
2: It was great. Who wants to go first? Oh.
0: So... Wow.
2: Scale okay. of one to ten, how painful was your year?
0: <laughs> one being that it was a joyful experience and ten being that it was a trash
2: fire. I, yeah.
0: um, I would say that my year was a maybe like a uh, eight and a half. Mm. I think my year was an eight and a half.
2: Gotcha. It was
0: pretty bad. Pretty bleak. Pretty bleak. Um,
2: what were some of the, like the top things that made it <clears> horrible.
0: Bad? Oh, yeah. well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, I would say, uh, job stuff was very tumultuous this mm-hmm. year, starting with
2: losing um, it.
0: Well, starting with like just the media industry oh, and yeah, all of it yeah, yeah. being acquired and, um, yeah. So yeah, i not changed this the I've,
2: highest year of yeah,
0: 7,000 jobs in yeah. media and news journalism yeah. were lost in 2019.
2: And probably a, a majority Ugh, so in New York, right? Yeah, yeah, I
0: think a majority in New York. It was yeah. like a Business Insider article, and that was the headline. And I just didn't read it because it was sounded really depressing, and I've lived that. so And the, I don't and the writer need who wrote it
2: was laid off moments <laughs> after publishing yeah, it.
0: Exactly, right after. <laughs> so yeah, job stuff has been not great. Um, but... We're on the mend. Yeah. New year, new you, new me. New things. New job. Yeah. So that's great. Um, The other part of my life that has been kind of difficult was that I started therapy. Nice. And that was uh, Mm -hmm.
2: interesting. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know, I think if I were to sum it up, basically just trying to like start looking at and dealing with the things that had happened to me and my kind of. Growing up, especially pertaining to illness, mm. and so I think that was uh, something that I avoided for literally my whole life. Right. I think when you're going through something really hard, it's it's kind of impossible to to yeah. process that. And mm. for me, I just kind of well, kind of put my head down and dealt with it, and tried to really make it the least. Um, impactful thing possible. Um, and so I think then denied a lot of my feelings about things. And uh, so I just kind of tried to move through things. Um, right. And then I think after, once you kind of get a relief from some of that, which I did, you know, the la- in the last few years, I've had um, a major change in my health situation. And I think that has opened up opportunity to look at these things that I'd been a part of my life for a really long time and to kind of process them for the first time. Right. And so, yeah, that happened this year. It started this year and, um, yeah, it's just, it has really been a humbling experience.
2: And, so. Uh- are you excited to continue therapy in the new year? <laughs> well, I love my therapist. Mm.
0: Shout out. No, I'm not going to say your name. No. So I really like her. And I think that that makes all the difference. But it's not for the faint of heart, man. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I remember um, and we can cut this out if you don't like it. but <laughs> yeah. I remember kind of like early on in the process when you were yeah. starting, you were you would text me occasionally. Yes. And be like, I just OK, how long does this take? When can <laughs> when, we speed this thing up? Yeah. When, if I, if I just do it, I think if I just do it now, I'll it'll be over with and I'll get done. I was like, Kendall, that's not <laughs> exactly how it yeah, works. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I'm a very impatient person, so this has right. tested me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, how long am I going to feel like shit? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and I I think like you just learn how to deal with the shit better. Yeah. So that's, it, it doesn't really. I don't actually feel like it's easier. I just think I'm getting more comfortable with how hard it is. Yeah. If that
2: makes sense. Yeah, totally. Uh, that makes a lot of it's sense. It's not a sh- like,
0: such a shock to the system.
2: Right. It's it's gaining s- elements of awareness. It's gaining language. I think yes. about this line actually in Anne Boyer's book all the time. Okay. Where she says like, um, for some diseases, knowing the name. Is the oh, closest yes. thing to a cure, yes. And I think that's so true about being therapy able to know and mental health and
0: talk and being able having to have language yeah. around what you're experiencing,
2: right? Yeah, so and acknowledgement.
0: Yeah, just I think that that's that was that's huge. Like acknowledging what you know about experiences, I think, has been a really important part of right. of the process for me. And I ultimately like I'm very excited for 2020, and I think. I'll have. I'm I'm I feel like I'm digging myself out of what felt like a hole. So. Yeah,
2: that's really great.
0: Yeah. What yeah. about you, Jamie?
2: My year um <laughs> well, I think my number would have to be an 8.6. Oh
0: uh, shit. <laughs> no. Um,
2: wow. No. I like it's it's so hard at this. I
0: mean, I think I had a really hard year, Jamie. So,
2: I'm doing the I'm doing the closest. What's <laughs> the um price's rate? Be the closest without going over. Actually, I would go eight point four nine. No, it was eight point five. Eight point five, like eight to nine. We had just as bad of years. Yes, yeah, it's not a competition. um, But my, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) no, I'm totally kidding. Um, But no, it was really hard, and it's probably up there. It's super hard to put a number on it. Um, But it it sucked start to finish. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally from January one. Uh, all the way through, and um, I'm certainly doing a lot better now in a lot of ways, but it was a real mix of all sorts of things, being health, uh, you know, some health resurgence, figuring out work and career, um, uh, some relationship stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think uh, maybe to to kind of meet you with the – discussion of therapy a little bit I had a a switch sort of in my um uh experience of therapy as well um even though it's something I've been doing I've done for a number of years in a lot of different ways is one thing that happened to me for the first time as someone who's been in therapy for a while was I kind of realized that I'd been having the same kind of therapy for a long time with the same kind of therapists talking about the same kind of things and I reached a point where um I felt like it wasn't really doing much, much for me anymore. And I wanted to like open up this this sort of um larger conversation and like ask these questions that I didn't have space for. I think a lot of the therapy I've done has been it's been um CBT, which is like, you know, standard, sure. um, which has been great for a long time. But it was like the processing and the day-to-day and the like, how do I get myself through XYZ thing was something I'd done for a long time. And mm-hmm. that like I felt like I needed to ask bigger questions. Um And so like I voluntarily uh broke up with my therapist and wow. it was like a really, it was a scary thing. Yeah. And it was, but it was great. And like, I was nervous about it, but I one day like explained to my therapist what I was thinking and all the stuff I wanted to explore and like, wh- you know, what was different. And her response was like, that sounds amazing that sounds like what you should do that's and oh, which is really nice to hear I mean it's good. obviously they're professionals like Supportive. they're supposed to make the process easy anyway yeah but it's it's still daunting um, for sure to you know so anyway um and so started seeing someone new and and that's been different and good and I don't know um similar methodology or different very different methodology yeah interesting yeah I'm huh. like, I'm now, I'm, my therapy now these days is like asking, I'm dealing with like a, like a lot bigger questions than I used to be dealing Existential with. Existential. Existential stuff. Yeah. um
0: Sounds heavy.
2: It's really fucking heavy. Um, yeah. But it's, it feels great. And, um and uh I don't know. I really like, I like the mode of it. So.
0: We're both still kicking. So. <laughs>
2: we're both still kicking.
0: That, that don't. Kill me. Literally. He's yeah. very much alive yeah, and, and well in this pod
2: and in our lives. Yep. So, uh, and God willing, we will live to see, uh, Trump get elected for round two. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no. Oh, um, man. Maybe.
0: So, yeah, uh, you know, we don't know yet. Yeah.
2: 2020 will be fun. It will be, yeah,
0: I think the, exciting the, new year. The pod is going to take some interesting moves, I think, in 2020. Yeah. So, we wanted to do like a roundup of, uh, I guess the three most egregious, ridiculous, outrageous, or
2: news stories we hated the most. Yeah, news trends as they pertain
0: to health, illness, and disability. What did we have listed as three? I don't even remember what the.
2: Welcome back to the measles. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call it a comeback. (laughs) Um. So
0: yeah, measles made a surging comeback in 2019 largely as an impact from anti-vaxxer ideology that has taken root in across the country in various communities right and uh, anti-vaxing anti-vaxer culture has or, been around for a while yeah it's been a while around for a while P- people have definitely talked about it um, Jenny McCarthy you know very prominent anti-vaxxer celebrity was on yep. the view for a while talking mm-hmm. about it all the time
2: um actors and celebrities in general sort of love to to they're a high concentration of people who
0: yeah well they love to
2: they love to ask questions i'm just asking questions
0: sure sure and also i think it it probably stems from the california culture that's very much
2: uh alternative
0: wellnessy kabbalah yeah right that kind of stuff you just need
2: something that's natural yeah yeah
0: so um measles came back and there yeah, were measles was... outbreaks across the country and uh, that's really dangerous right. uh, for and I think our,
2: yeah our, a I lot of people. This was like the first year we really saw diseases fully come back mm-hmm. from this culture mm-hmm. that's uh, that's been taking over for the past
0: yeah couple of years. We're seeing a resurgence of these these illnesses because yeah um People don't want to believe that vaccines work and that they actually give you things like autism and stuff like that, which I think is also very, it's very offensive on a variety of levels. Yeah,
2: There's a whole separate conversation we had about why that's um,
0: problematic, but we wanted to highlight the fact that measles came back. It's really bad for people. Uh, all over the place, but it's all particularly bad for people who are already dealing with illness and disability. And
2: because because yeah, we have to go out in the world. Yeah, um, and, and we don't know.
0: I I think about this when it comes to flu shots. I yeah. ask basically every roommate I have to ha- get a flu shot because. Wow. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it, right. As someone who takes immune suppression, I am compromised, and risk, I'm yeah. yeah really at risk for getting things. So. Um, and, Then and we have got these like free riders in society who just say, oh, "I'm not going to get the flu shot. I never get it. I never get sick. That's because everyone around right, you is
2: protected." Right, because that's the thing about disease. It doesn't. It doesn't just impact the people who don't want to take care of themselves or cover themselves. It spreads and it and it. Look, if 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 we could just give the measles to everyone who willingly did not vaccinate, yes, that, I'd be on board <laughs> with that. But I unfortunately, mean... that's not how disease works. Yeah. So until we can. <laughs> Work that out, some sort of biological weapon or something. Oh, no, <laughs> no. We're, n- we're not suggesting um, that. No.
0: <laughs> so uh, that was fun. That was, that was fun. That was like our number, that was our number three. Yeah. And then number two number is something two. we actually touched on um, this season. Burning up the charts. Um, With Maris.
2: Yes, with Maris Kreisman. Her episode about insulin, hottest drug on the market, prices are jacking up. Yeah, um, and companies are just deciding that um, this uh, incredibly easy to um, make and manufacture drug, uh, they're just going to jack up the price because they can. Yeah, um, I don't think we actually talked about this on Maris' episode, but I saw a video. I'll have to find it and I'll put it in the description. Whatever. I saw a video that was done with interview with um, an exec at um, one of the like a pharma company talking about diabetes. And insulin, and he says something like, "The question we asked is, how much would you pay to like save your child with diabetes' life?" Mm-hmm. And that's how we priced it. Wow! Just like,
0: Fuck, yeah,
2: that's disgusting. Yeah, Yikes. I It's
0: it's super sad. Diabetes affects so many people. Insulin is a a hundred percent necessary for diabetics to live through each day right for you know type one diabetics especially and uh it's just disgusting it's disgusting the greed that exists and is allowed to flourish uh because we don't make any laws about it right so
2: and i think that that sucks yeah <laughs> i think the important thing to keep in mind too is illness uh, insulin is um a Really strong example, but this kind of price gouging happens. Yeah, well, across drugs, we, we saw, drugs it, we saw and, it
0: also happen with um, what uh the shots uh when allergy shots with Epi, the EpiPen. EpiPen. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So we saw it happen with the EpiPen as well. Mm-hmm. Um, EpiPens being in, exorbitantly expensive to to have, right. and again, if if you are allergic to something. The only thing that's going to help you in that situation is an EpiPen. Right. So, again, you're taking something that people can't not have. Right. And you're jacking up the price.
2: And it's because and it, it's also people have that, to pay for it. Also, something that's uh, again like a, a common drug that's been around for right. a long time. Right. And a, it's, a it's lot of people not use rare. it. Rare. Yeah. Yeah. There's truly no. There's no. um justification like there's no argument that can be made about why that needs to cost as much as it does Mm -hmm. um and i think you just see that when you look at um when companies say like oh we have to do it for x y and z reason and then you look at their uh, ceo pay and their executive bonuses and it's just like no it's it's pure it's profit like Mm -hmm. we can see it we can see it yeah yeah
0: yeah so that that was number two for us and um number one it was something, honestly, that just kept happening throughout the year, and I kept tweeting about it, and I really wanted to do something on it at some point. Um, didn't get to it, but basically, it's these viral moments, these videos that you probably have seen them on Facebook, on Twitter, maybe the Today Show, or, you know, CBS. A lot CBS. of them start in, like,
2: local news, and yeah, get local, pulled out. Yeah, exactly. To, you know...
0: And yeah. they feature predominantly, I'd say, it's children who have an illness or a disability. And then they needed, you know, for example, in one particular circumstance, it was a girl who needed a walker. Yeah. Um, and there was a story about how her local Home Depot uh, employees built her a walker out of PVC pipe mm. because her insurance, her insurance wouldn't, wouldn't give her a walker. Yeah, and w- everyone was supposed to. It was it, it was, was framed it's as always this,
2: like, wow, so beautiful. Oh, the humanity generosity, pulling together.
0: The generosity of everyday Americans. Yeah, this is such a beautiful, inspirational moment. Yeah, and I look at these videos. And I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, this is not acceptable. Yeah, the, uh, we should not be cheering that this girl has a a walker out of PVC pipe.
2: Probably like of scraps from the Home literal Depot.
0: plumbing pipe. That's yeah, not
2: because her insurance wouldn't. In. No. Because she needs it, her insurance wouldn't cover she it. She deserves
0: better. I mean, yeah. that's just so ridiculous. And there were story after story after story this year right. that was like that. And I would say in general, uh, the kind of movement of viral moments around health and illness and disability this year uh, was really disgusting to me. It's, all, it's
2: always like, there's always a frame of um it's inspo porn it's yeah it's condescension and it's like inspo porn or it's pity or it's mm-hmm. like it's or it's showing like how exceptional someone is for doing for, something for, for a sick my person my goodness
0: like yeah. the, uh, a team that let a kid score a basketball Thank just God. like i can't even yeah it makes it, it enrages me and yeah. so this year particularly there were a lot of ones that featured uh the um the issue of affordability in the healthcare system and, and, and people also not getting the like, services they need.
2: What I hate especially about those is it always positions by having this frame of like, isn't this great that people banded together and did this, it positions, um, sort of the, the whims of insurance companies as natural, as, as if they are a tornado or something mm-hmm. that just happens that nobody mm-hmm. has any control over. And we all band That's together, it, yeah,
0: to rescue
2: in the, the aftermath of the tragedy. Exactly, um, yeah. and isn't that showing what humanity is? You know, so great. But the the very the reason these stories exist is because people who are also part of humanity have denied care and coverage. Um, purely for the the motive of profit seeking. Right. Um, so it's just like so and it just and and you get so inured to it after a while if you're not someone who thinks about this stuff and and it just makes sense. Oh, yeah. we can't change. This is just what happens. Yeah, we just can't. So all we got to do is just band together.
0: And and that's actually probably the worst part of it is that it goes viral because people don't, are yeah. supporting it because they think it's such an amazing thing. Right. Um, that was our year in review. That was our year in review and uh Uh, two
2: thumbs down
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you know we're here for the joy but like we're also we talk a lot about pain and that's that's the reality of yeah the world that we live in i think it's appropriate to talk about that as well before we move into our conversation with kia brown uh We wanted to just take a moment to thank you all for listening to this season and to sticking around and being a part of this little community that we're building. Yeah, this
2: little experiment that we undertook.
0: And uh, it's been a really uh, meaningful thing in both of our lives, and we are really excited to continue on. Uh, that being said, we also would love your feedback and your suggestions both about topics that Jamie and I should cover personally
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then also uh, what guests if you have we should guest have. guest
2: ideas, yeah, we'll, we're open. I mean, I think we have some good ones lined up, but we're always open to our our wonderful listeners and, and ideas. Um, yeah. that's why we do it.
0: Also, I think it could be fun to do... Uh, q a or advice oriented oh, yeah that's good um yeah, maybe. so if you have questions about certain uh elements of the illness experience either in like physical illness mental health issues like any of those things we can either find people who can answer those questions or we can answer them ourselves yeah we should do um, a mailbag episode That'd and that would be really yeah i think yeah. a really uh enjoyable experience for everyone involved yeah so uh you can reach us at tt don't kill me Mm. at gmail.com yeah that's the letter t t don't kill me me. at gmail.com yeah um also you uh, feel free to follow us on our personal instagrams and twitters we list those in the description of every episode yeah and uh yeah feel free to rate this episode if you if you like it yeah and uh, without further ado, we want to just introduce Kia, our our featured guest for this finale. Yeah. So Kia went viral um, a couple of years ago mm-hmm. for a hashtag that she developed called, it was hashtag disabled, disabled and, and cute. cute. Yep. And it really took uh, the world by storm, yeah. the, the Twitter world by storm. And uh, she had all of these people sharing photos of themselves uh, and using that hashtag disabled and cute. And I think uh, to us, she really represents how uh, people within the illness and disability community are really working to try to kind of uh, take back the maybe shame or stigma that has been placed on illness and disability. And, and say, actually, we're very normal people living very normal lives, and we yeah, are just as uh, worthy and attractive and hot and sexy and all of those things as right, and in reverse, everyone else.
2: Like, the the feeling of like invisibility that I think gets placed mm-hmm. on people with with illness and disability. This like uh, this w- the way people just sort of like block us out sometimes. Yeah. Um,
0: um, and then also she talks a lot about representation and the important, uh, importance of varied illness and disability narratives mm. in media and what we aren't seeing yeah. when we just see movies like The Fall in Our Stars. Right.
2: Um, and yeah, and she wrote a book um, called The Pretty One that is in Stars Now. And we talk a little bit about that as well. Um, and uh, yeah. Enjoy.
0: Man I've been waiting all night now. That's how long I've been on you. You read a lot about um, representation and mm-hmm. media. And like, do you think there's a a direct link, I guess, between like being able to accept ourselves as as people or what like who for who we are and like seeing ourselves in the media or seeing ourselves represented? Like, is that the connection for you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I think because so much of our popular culture, especially as you know, creatives and people who enjoy popular culture, we base so much of how we see the world off of it. And so, when you don't see yourself, you know, properly or kindly represented, you start to resent yourself because you're seeing all these other people, and they get these you know, magnificent storylines and they get to be fully realized people. But when you don't see somebody who looks like you, you have to ask yourself, like, do I matter too? And for me, there's so much power in representation and there's so much power in telling stories about people who live outside of these um, Eurocentric beauty standard ideals and and don't always have these bodies that are there to, you know... um, Please them or keep them happy and healthy, you know, especially as somebody who has both physical physical visible disabilities and chronic illness. We only ever see one type of person in our popular culture, and I hope to really change that because I think that there are worthy stories um, about people like us that aren't being told, and when they are being told, they're from this sort of, of course they dislike themselves because, hello, who would like themselves in X body or who would like themselves knowing that they... Um, quote unquote suffer
2: from X thing. To that point, one of the things you you note in the book is uh sort of how the, the narratives around disability and illness are really limited at the moment in pop culture. Mm-hmm. And and I'm curious how you think about this this question of wanting different narratives or to improve the disability narrative that's out there. And also kind of I guess letting every story be what it's going to be um for lack of a better way of saying it like you uh-huh. know how do you how do you reconcile the idea of like everyone should be kind of able to show their version and the versions we're getting are not um don't don't click for you in certain ways
1: yeah I mean first of all that's a fantastic question let me be clear um that was wonderful I also think that... Thank the you. That the issue really is because, you know, disabled and illness narratives are so one note, that it's not possible for us to be like, oh, you know, we can't, you know, we don't really like them, but we can't say anything because that's all we're going to get. Or, oh, I'm glad that this exists, but I don't like it because of X, Y, and Z thing. Right now, where we stand, it's like with these illness narratives and these disability narratives, that disabled or ill person is always dead by the end of the movie for some odd reason they hate themselves they wish that they were um you know able-bodied or they they came into this illness and so now they're like oh my god my life before was just so much better and we spend this you know two hour run time or this series literally hearing nothing about a person besides their disability and and knowing that their disability is the thing that keeps them from being happy and the problem with those narratives is that they're so far from our actual lived realities and so it makes it harder to let um shows just be what they're going to be because they're they're causing so much harm
0: i mean i think it's an interesting thing to think about because on one side you want to like comment and say like oh this is not right or like we need better but on the other side do you want to get people to watch those narratives at least at some level because the fear is that if people aren't watching those narratives then Hollywood says oh well no one's interested in these narratives And and then there's like no room for them and it's like how do you how do you critique them in a way that allows for them to still exist and potentially even thrive like though that can be scary because if you think it's harmful then you don't necessarily want it to thrive but how do you how do you critique in a way i guess and you know obviously you're a critic so like <laughs> how do you critique in a way that allows for like
2: allows for that room more cool.
0: support for disability nerves in general because you know i feel i just i worry that if we shut them all down then no one ever will feature the good ones that we want either right like i think we just need i think we need more
1: right it's a slippery slope um for me at least in the book i tried really hard to say even about the shows that i was just like i had to stop watching i wanted to talk about first why it is that they were so important and necessary in the first place um and i for me i always try to at least in my critiques of 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 everything really i try to say you know This is a thing that's important and here's why it's important, but here's why it needs to be better. And it's, I always try to approach my criticism about marginalized stories from a place of love, because when you love something, of course you want it to be better. When you see the, the potential in something, because you see that potential, that it could be better you want that for it so for me it's not about bashing and be like oh my god this is the absolute worst thing i've ever seen it's hey no this thing has potential but here's where it could use work or here's where it could be better Mm -hmm. here's how we should keep you know this show or this thing in mind when we're crafting other narratives but make those narratives have what this thing doesn't or give you know these writers or these people creating this specific thing, something more to think about. It really means more that we have the opportunity to, you know, maybe mess up and then get another chance because so often we see specific shows that I won't name that are terrible get season after season after season. And they're not even trying to make it better. Um, and I feel like that's a, that's a, right. a, just a societal thing with it in terms of Hollywood is just like who, who we give a thousand chances to versus who we only give one. And I think that's the real issue.
2: Right. I think of as an example, the way like women directors are treated in Hollywood and the way, uh, big releases mm-hmm. that are directed by women are covered, um, in advance. There's even up till maybe last year, a couple of years ago, there's always this tone of like, if this doesn't succeed, if this doesn't go right, that's it Right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah where there's like so much hope and it's and that's a kind of approach that is is uh we
0: also see it in like movies like black panther or Crazy right, right, right for like, sure
1: it's like you a- any kind of any yeah you like have to do right. absolutely perfect for for you to get right. another even one more chance Meanwhile. You know, there are directors who make terrible movie after terrible movie and they always get a second chance or a third chance or a fourth chance to create whatever it is that they're creating. And we don't give that same room to people in marginalized communities.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. I kind of, I, when I, when I talk with friends about this, I always kind of say that like my opinion is true equality is everybody in every community Gets to make the worst movie, right? That they can imagine, like, <laughs> and, and gets away with it. Yeah, like, because it's like, like we I, you know,
1: I want we, sh- yeah. we shouldn't have to pretend to like everything just because. Like it should be that we can make, yeah. we can make a bad movie and still have a career, right? And yeah. that's also
2: something that I think happens sometimes with people getting getting nervous about these these questions about about scarcity. Is there's um. There's sometimes like a, a, a subversion of the like the aesthetic um, evaluation of something, of like you know you might know in your gut oh, this movie isn't like that amazing, but because of whatever it's allowing or depicting or who it's by, you feel this kind of urge to champion it. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's like no, we should all be able to in a in a perfect world, and what we should fight for is I'll be able to evaluate everything like. On its kind of aesthetic uh, grounds and basis, right? And let everyone let everyone make their bomb, and then get handed twenty million dollars again the next day. Right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it's also interesting. Like we're all gonna think different things of these narratives too. Like right. how we how we want to see ourselves is not a monolith. You know, when I watched a show like Special, for example, you know, part of me was like, wow, it's really sad that like. So much of this show is about like how how sad like like, his life is, or how how like no one wants to be friends with him, or how no one wants to have sex with him, or whatever it is. That's not that's not the whole picture. You should be able to like have the moments where you feel like shit because your body isn't the same as someone else's body, or because. Like, this is really unfair that your life is, like, so tumultuous or chaotic because of an illness. And you should be able to show that, like, that, like there are great parts of that experience of, like, living in that way as well. Like, it doesn't have to be either or. But we should be able to show some of the things that are, like, some of the feelings or the honest feelings that we do have about not being Able-bodied, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I think we all deserve the same sort of coming-of-age story that we see white male producers and writers write, and then greenlit, and then have it all these fe- at these festivals. I think that we deserve yeah. a sort of fully realized story. And for me, as a you know, as a writer myself. Those are the kinds of stories I want to create because I think that's my lived reality. And so I don't want people to think that I can't experience bad moments, but I don't want people to -hmm. to think that. um, Your life is only that. My life is only that, exactly. And I know Ryan. And so um, I wrote about the, I wrote about Special for Bitch Media and um, I had interviewed him for Bonobos.com or something. And I say, like you know, in the review, I I enjoyed it, but I do think that you know because it's his lived reality, like it's based off of his life, like loosely based. Sure, yeah. So there's only there's only so many ways in which you can critique somebody's actual lived experience. Um, for me, my biggest issue with the show was that it was very white, but that's his lived experience, so um, it's harder right. with with it is harder with these narratives that come based off of somebody else's life. Um, And for me, like just as, as a standard, I want to create stories where, like you said, it is more, it is less um, about my life sucks because I'm X, Y, and Z. And it's more like, here's this fully realized person who is disabled, but also has other things outside of it and isn't just caught up in their own you know pain or frustration i'm i'm curious as to like what you
0: think about um the the pace by which like disability narratives have entered into our kind of pop culture like it feels to me as it's still like way slower oh, yeah. than any of the other kinds of um stories about marginalized people because it um, is yeah what do you What do you think is at the the What's What do you think is behind that?
1: Fear, I think fear is behind how long it's taking for us to have a proper, like actual piece of representation that doesn't do harm for disabled people or people with chronic illness. Yeah, it doesn't. It's, it doesn't feel
0: like it's happened yet. It Would hasn't. You agree?
1: I agree. It hasn't. Yeah. Not truly. Um, because even when we look at these movies that are billed as romantic love stories, um, like the movie that I hate the most. <laughs> Me Before You. I don't care. Who knows it? I hate it. It's terrible. Um, oh, I never saw that. Yeah. The guy, spoiler alert. He, like, is so depressed, and he hates himself because he's disabled, and he used to be some sports person, and he used to have this mm-hmm. life that was so perfect, and he just wants to die because who wants to live as a disabled person? Like, oh, my God. And then he meets this girl. They fall in love. They have sex, and um, he still ends up killing himself. They they love. There's this kind of like
2: repeating grafting of the Romeo and Juliet narrative, yeah, right onto illness narratives. They
0: can't you they see can't it over love each and other. over again. It's
2: like yeah, it's this faded, it's this like ill-fated, star-crossed thing. And never it's like, have
0: I been to a hospital to meet my right. the love of my life. Right. Let me just say, right, and
2: it's and it's played up as like, um, you know, the the height of the height of um true love is something that's like tangled with tragedy right and that's it's it's kind of uh you know and yeah it's 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 a it's a classic narrative in a way but it's also like a terrible uh, totally weird weirdly misapplied right
0: you know i don't know if there are other plate, other kind of kinds of people that we p- depict and 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 really like say that their life is not worth it even though they have pro like there are problems or struggles honestly i think at the end of the day it comes down to the fact that like people's worst fear is becoming ill or becoming sick or dying or becoming disabled like that's they're they're that's like the worst thing that could happen to them and
1: that's enhanced by our popular culture if we had better narratives we wouldn't be so afraid you know, good point. Because yeah. our popular culture absolutely shapes how we see the world
0: and the people in it. I'm I'm curious. Like, have you? Um, and I'm I'm curious to hear Jamie too, um, and and I can share as well. But uh, have you actually read or seen or listened to something that you really like? Fully identified with as as like a person in your lived experience. Have you had that? Have you had that before?
1: In pieces, okay. not in totality. So I've recognized myself in narratives about Black women, but not Black disabled women. And I've, reconci- I've recognized myself in narratives about disabled people, but not Black disabled people. So like I said, in Superstore, which has its own issues, because again, um, the guy who plays Garrett is not actually disabled. I've seen myself um i've seen myself in shows by shondaland and Issa Rae, and those sorts of things but i haven't i have yet to see myself in a full picture Mm -hmm. but i do think that there are bits and pieces of me in you know these narratives but i've never had the whole thing yeah and i want the whole thing i hope for the whole thing um but I I think it'll happen one day hopefully, you know, maybe it'll happen when I create it, you know. Exactly. <laughs> maybe that'll be that'll be the thing is when I actually do it myself and I'll I'll be fully seen. Well, to the point
0: of like What about your, you? your
1: book? You know, your book
0: is 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 that probably for people too, you know? Like you did I mean, ha- I hope so. You have created that at least in some version.
1: I hope so. I mean, that was that was what I had had wanted to do. Um, I try not to put too much pressure on myself to do it, but that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to give, you know, Black disabled women a place to see themselves. Yeah, absolutely,
0: Jamie. What about you? Have you?
1: Um, well, it's
2: it's funny that you brought up I Am Sam before. I Am Sam, of course, has you know no sort of um relation to my personal story, but I just want to mention that that was like. My first, in the way that like kids have favorite movies that you don't really question that you can just kind of watch over and over again. I am Sam was mm-hmm. actually one of my first like favorite movies, which is extreme I loved it. Well, I loved it too. Uh, it, so what is it? Okay, maybe we need to do like a group therapy session <laughs> about why we, we as should. kids like connected to this movie. Um, You know, I, I've tried to go back through and figure out why I connected to it so much and why I loved it, and I think it was probably in some way the first time I had seen like someone uh, being treated differently for, you know, any sort of like disability or illness or anything in that arena. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would say the real first concrete experience was um, another hugely problematic film that I won't claim to endorse is the fault in our stars. Mm-hmm. Um, which oh, I'm I wept. Like,
1: I cried yeah, so I feel you. Yeah, yeah so
2: what happened to me Certain was like, moments yeah I was like holy shit <laughs> I, I had a friend who was big into john green had read the books like the movie was coming out i knew nothing about it i hadn't read the book and my friend was like i think you might i think you might like this you know go check this out um and i went like by myself at like a midnight showing for some reason i'll, g- I'll give the context which is that like i have this day that i like celebrate as like my quote unquote alive day, which is like the anniversary of a, a really sort of uh, harrowing <laughs> medical moment for my past. And like, I always try to like do something by myself on that day. Um, and so that night I was like, ah, oh, you know, screw it. I'll go see the fault. In I'll go see the illness movie, whatever. Um, and it was like me by myself and then like just 15 groups of like teenage girls who had gone together. Um, Like sitting and it was me sitting in the back of the theater like, oh, you know, this ought to be good. Um, And just like crying from the moment it started, (laughs) like the smallest thing would happen, something that wasn't supposed to be a tear jerking moment, something that wasn't even supposed to be dramatic. And I was just like touched on like a guttural level that I couldn't identify. Um, And, you know, it was like seeing things like her being partially homeschooled, or you know, um or her her mom being like super into the local medical community and like the way her parents spoke to her or whatever. And it was all the stuff that I was like, oh shit, this is like I'm identifying with this. That's what this is. This isn't like an, a storyteller just manipulating my emotions. This is there's familiarity here. Mm-hmm. Um so so that was one of one of the first ones probably for me yeah also acknowledging that it's also a, a pretty fucked up movie and like disnified in certain ways mm-hmm. and like tragedy porn in other ways but
0: sure yeah definitely i think um for me the fallen stars was like had pieces of that experience that same thing to what you were saying jamie like I remember the scene where um, Augustus Waters, was that his name, Augustus Waters? I guess
1: that sounds I right. think so, um, yeah. That seems like that like,
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. that sounds like a John Green-ass name.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, he was, like, in the car um, at the gas station Yeah, because he just wanted to go buy something for himself, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was, like, what is it? Like a, He was bleeding in some way. Yeah, his, like, he had, like, a,
2: a port or something, and it yeah. was and it was like open yeah and, you
0: know. and i was like wow how many times i've been in that situation where i just like wanted to go do something for myself and and i knew that something bad could happen but i was like no nothing's going to happen i'm fine i'm a normal person it's right. totally good can i just
2: like go to the gas station can i just and, be yeah, yeah.
0: whatever and then and then you're like like just Heart, like so distraught not just because of what had happened but also because of what it was symbolizing which was this like oh y- thank you life I know I'm not normal like my body is calling the shots in my life right um so that was I think that was like a good scene for me but I actually read a book um called um uh what is it called oh my goodness it's um it was by this woman who had had two heart transplants. And it was, I think it was called, it was something about female friendship. It was like framed around female friendship, but it really, to me, Mm -hmm. was like a transplant book. And, um, she wrote about it in such a, like, incredibly powerful, detailed way. And just like all of her hospital experiences and the process of like waiting for an organ and then getting an organ and, um, I honestly could only read it in like fifteen minute chunks because, oh, it was uh, my glory was I had such friends. That's the title. Remember the author? Um, I am not thinking of it right now. Um, but uh, it was like I had only I could only read it in like fifteen minute chunks because it was so resonant and a totally different like organ issue like, but some parts of the experience were just like so profoundly similar um yeah
2: amy silverstein
0: a- amy silverstein that's the author
2: they're making it a show
0: they are making it a show oh wow yeah oh, i'm like, okay. really hoping they don't i hope i'm hoping they don't like fuck Messy. it up yeah. but to your point kia like none of these things are obviously perfect and i think we still have a long way to go
2: personally i kind of think like it's not going to be a single narrative i think it's going to be no. like when we get to the point where where we get to the point where we're like there's so much out there that we don't feel the need to, to even pick. to pick at certain, to to see certain things and go, oh, that's not right because we have such a diverse uh, array. Which you sure, know, that's that's the right. utopian vision. But something, vision. I think something
0: will <laughs> come. Something they, always has to come, like first, first right? Yeah, yeah. So like the first time there's like a popular, hyper popular movie or book or TV show Fuck. that like features. Some some kind of aspect of the community in a a way that across the board people feel like genuinely pretty good about. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like I for one feel like we shouldn't make ourselves feel bad for finding something in a problematic movie because that's the way life works. It's totally. And again, yeah, it's we're yeah, so yeah. sure. given. So for me, it's like I don't want anybody to feel bad about liking you know movies that are problematic, but I think you did. We didn't know at the time that they were, and even though. Um, They are now when we know that now, sometimes it's easy to find comfort in them because, again, look at what we have. It's so there's so few uh, options that are better out there that, of course, we're going to like cling to the things that make us feel seen in some way that just can allow us to make sure that those same things are better in are actually fixed or working better in the
2: new movies
0: that we create or consume Kia. thank you so much i know we're like hitting up on a, yeah, we're your, over your time, time that's but, okay um thank you so much for joining us
2: and um a reminder kia's book the pretty one is in stores now please pick it up check it out it got a great review in the washington post uh like last week i believe yeah that
1: um, was so cool so
2: <laughs> yeah that was that was, that was, was
0: Kia, kia tell everyone where they can find you
1: you can find me at kiabrown.com and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at kia, K E A H underscore Maria M A R I A. And I'm on Facebook at the Kia Brown. Awesome. Do you have anything else you want to add, Kia? Um, hmm, just to, you know, buy my book and tell your friends about <laughs> it and have them buy copies and then you guys can read it like a book club. And then you can tell me about it. That would be great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much
0: for joining us, Kia. It was really great to talk to you.
1: This was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Work it, make it, do it, makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. That, that, that don't kill me can only-